Yes, like I remember as a child, like I'd always go running and I would run too far. And then the family would be like, well, where's Norma, you know? (laughs) I'd be like, dad would have to go out in the pasture to find me. Today's episode is with Norma Roberts. It's one of my favorite episodes to date. The 62-year-old Canadian just came second female at Badwater 135 in 33 hours, 37 minutes, and 49 seconds and set a record for her age group. She was so much fun to chat to. I laughed out loud. I was in awe. She's totally amazing. And she's ready to run already. She is built to run and run and run. She's going to inspire you 100%. You guys are going to love this episode so much. Um, I'm excited to edit it and to listen to it again. I cannot say enough good things about Norma, so I'm going to let her say them for you. Before we get to that, I want to thank everyone who's finding us on Patreon. You can find that in my Instagram link at hillsport55 to support the show. I have decided to start putting the older episodes on there, so if you're a newer listener and you would like to get all of the episodes, they will be available on Patreon right now. I think on iTunes and Spotify, we go back to episode uh, eight or nine. Those will continue to disappear as we go, um, and they will live forever on Patreon. Okay, guys, thanks so much. Here is Norma. Okay, I'm so excited to be joined here today with Norma Roberts, who's fresh off Badwater. I had an outpouring of people request that I interview you after that race, so huge congratulations on that accomplishment, Um, and how are you feeling today? Oh, th- thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm well into past recovery, and uh, I'm back doing some. Uh, oh, I did um, 36 miles on Saturday, and yesterday I did almost 30 miles again. So I'm 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 feeling I'm ready to roar again. So. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing! You must just be built for long distance endurance. <laughs> I, I I really do like it. Uh, you know, pacing is uh, comes quite natural for me. So I, you know, I can I can go for quite a while so far. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners that maybe don't know, why don't you just tell us all where you're from, your age, and what place you just came in in Badwater? Okay. So well, I I just I grew up on the prairies in uh, southeastern Saskatchewan. Um, I've done some running off and on throughout the, uh, throughout these decades. Um, but, uh, and now I'm 62 and, uh, and this of course was my first bad water. Well, my first ultra passed hundred miles and I placed second, uh, female overall. Um, my time was 33 hours and 30, uh, no, yeah, 33 hours and like 33 minutes. Oh my God, that is absolutely amazing. And it is, it's so exciting, especially as a, a runner who's like, you, everybody, you get to a kind of a peak in some sports, but ultra running is so unique in that like you, if you treat your body right, you can continue to run so well um, for so much of your life. So that's just so exciting and so inspiring and huge congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so this was your first over a hundred mile. How many hundred milers have you done previously? Well, actually, I had all I've done like three, I believe, before this race, um, and that was for for qualifying for Badwater. And um, 
like I, I there was a gap. Well, I had several gaps over over the the decades in my running, um, just busy working and doing other things in life, because uh, it takes a lot of training <laughs> in, on on this. And so I, you know, off and on, I spent more years doing marathons and half marathons and 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 that and. Um, and then about 57, 58, I, you know, I decided I wanted to do more with the running. Um, and, but at that time, I just thought maybe I'd try and make it to Boston Marathon or something. But what, what actually helped is when I researched um, some of these ultra races, I found that there were other runners that were, you know, in the 60 plus range that were doing these. So I thought, well, if they can, why can't I? So, and, and that's how it started. And, and I just started the training and looking at the qualifications and really was just trying to give it a shot at, at that time. So, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So what yeah. about when you were growing up, were you an athlete of different sports or was running just always something you did casually? Oh, running, running was the one that worked for me. Um, I'm, I'm, fairly short like I'm I'm just under five foot two um, and growing out in the small rural areas at that time uh, that I was growing up like if you were unless you were really tall and could do volleyball or basketball you know that was about the only sports that really went anywhere um, so then track and field but track and field that just came so natural uh, to running but growing up on a farm I guess that was one thing you could always do is go run out in the fields. <laughs> there, there really, there was quite, there was limited as far as children's activities back then. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome! But sometimes yeah. that's the best. That's just the best training, right? Because you're just doing what your body feels like. Oh, oh, yes. Like I remember as a child, like I'd always go running and I would run too far. And then the family would be like, well, where, where's Norma, you know? <laughs> I'd be like, dad would have to go out in the pasture to find me. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so you really were made for this. So then yeah. what, how old were you when you ran your first marathon and what made you want to do that? Oh, I guess my first marathon was back in the, in the 90s, like 92. Um, and actually, at that time, I was actually living in Hawaii, um, which was like a great place to, to do running. Um, um, but, but I was quite busy then, too, so, I, you know, just time-wise. But my first uh, marathon was the Honolulu Marathon. I believe it was like 92. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I, I was on mute there. And so... Yeah. Uh-huh. How did that first marathon go for you? Do you remember? Oh, yes. It was, um, you know, I, I there was a running group back then on, on uh, I was living on Maui. So, um, yeah, there was a running group, but I didn't really train with the group. or And I, I didn't realize, you know, it wasn't as, it was easier, harder then to find information. Like the internet wasn't going. So you just kind of had to learn by word of mouth and, um, but, uh, so I didn't really understand how, how you're supposed to train for that. Um, but there was a group, we did a half marathon, like two or three weeks before, the, before the race. So I did run with this group 
and uh, they gave me some information on pacing and and that so so I was okay for that first marathon but it, but you know it's you just think it's so far at the time you know but but it was okay mm-hmm. totally but totally. it sounds like if you run a Honolulu marathon that one thing that kind of sticks out um, is that you're good in heat Oh yeah, yes. Well, I, I was living there at the time. I was married and living in Ho- and lived in Hawaii for about. I was I lived there for about eight to ten years, but we didn't stay married. So then I moved back to Canada. So that seems like a whole different life life <laughs> life <Not> ago now. <laughs> yeah. So what was it when you were fifty seven, fifty eight, where you were like, I'd like to do more with the running? Was there something that happened in your life or were you just looking for something new or, or talk us through that? Well, I I think over the years I had wanted to do more. Um I just I don't know, can't like it's just always cold here in Canada. <laughs> Especially in Alberta, well and Saskatchewan. So, and then just the time frame, it seemed like I was always working at jobs where I was working weekends, um, and it was accounting administration. I, I always seemed to pick these jobs. There was always <laughs> lots of projects. Uh, so I, I, didn't allow, I did not allow myself the time, I think, at that point. Um, but I did have the dreams and the aspiration. So as I neared uh, towards the end of, 50, of my 50s, it's just like it's now or never. So that that was the attitude, and just putting more priority on it, um, and you know, starting to work less. And actually, COVID, uh, you know, pushed me into sort of a semi-retirement uh, state a little quicker. So that was actually good for me. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So what was you have to qualify running three hundred milers? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. And um, now for Badwater and one of those three 100s can be he has um, one uh, race where you run as a team, even though everybody on the team runs the whole distance. And it's only like 81 miles, but it includes a part that's trail, part trail, and part road. And that's in uh, south of Palm Springs and um uh, and Sabrego, uh, where they have that race. So that was considered uh, ultra. And then I also did another ultra um, in uh, Florida, was the Florida Keys. And um, and then I did, what's the other one? Oh, I did Sinister Seven, but that one I didn't complete. It was like a rain, rain out. <laughs> It was like going through a lot of mud and, and water. I, I didn't complete that one. So I did another one. Um, hmm, sorry, it's, it's, not, it's not coming to my mind right now. I believe it was down in the desert there somewhere. That's okay. One um, in Arizona, yeah. So you have to do quite well in those to qualify for bad water. Um, yeah. How did you yeah. train for these? And where did you find the information to take on such a huge race? Well, um, I guess I just, you know, I just had a, had an attitude that, I, you know, I probably didn't train pro- properly for them because um, I was still working a lot and um, uh, in in Calgary. So I actually did a lot of my training was treadmill. 
believe it or not, I had oh done God. a lot of my previous marathon training on just treadmill. Um, I don't think I was even on an indoor track. And I, I didn't run that much outside in Calgary just because of the snow and the ice. Um, yeah. I, I, and the time. By the time I'd be finished work, it'd be quite late. So I did 24 hours like fitness centers. And um, so uh, somehow I still pulled it off. I was able to train. I, I might, must have got some outdoor, you know, but not very much outdoor running. So I was actually able to train on the treadmill for these. Yeah. What kind of miles were you putting in on the treadmill? Like how many per week do you think you were doing? <laughs> oh, I was probably like on the treadmill, like, like the whole day. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would go there and I, I would find the best, you know, the best machine and, you know, I would set up my little shop there. I had my drinks and, <laughs> and, and all that. So I'd be there from the more, you know, mornings and sometimes like 24 hour places, I would be there most of the night with the janitors. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. you're amazing. And so what yeah. did you do for, um, like variation in speed or were you just purely like, I've just got to be on my feet for hours on end? How did you handle that? Well, well, the weekends were definitely just put as many miles as I could in, you right. know, whether it was like uh, even just uh, power walking on the treadmill or, or running. But mostly I was I would I find I'm a better like even as a, a slow jog runner rather than a, a, a power walker. Um, so I, I would kind of do that. But during the week, it was all speed. I, I had uh, speed and, and, and incline uh, that I did. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting because sometimes people say older runners don't respond as well to speed work. So what kind of speed work were you doing? Well, this one fitness center I went to, I, I really, I still really enjoy um, uh, their, they, they had this treadmill, one of those simulation uh, programs and I don't know, it just got me going. It was speed and hills um, work together. And I would do that thing and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And, and I did some fast miles. I actually quite missed that sim simulator. Um, I have a treadmill now in my apartment here, but I don't have the, the, the same simulation program. So I, I try and do, you know, um, manage my, myself with the incline and decline. But lots of times three to five minutes of an incline and then each time try and go a higher higher incline um, and then sometimes flat five minutes three and five minute speeds uh, but it's easier if you have a simulator machine that's automatically doing it for you but yeah <laughs> totally we actually got a nordic track for i just had a baby a couple a couple years ago now which is crazy um oh so I knew I was going to have to do a lot inside. And so this Nordic track comes with these like preset workouts with different hill variation and you get, you can get up to 40% incline on it. So um, oh. like my dad's coming over and using it. Like it is so much fun uh, and oh. everybody's fitter for it for sure. Oh yeah, no. And that's amazing. What, yeah, you told me in your email, all that you're doing right now, that that's incredible with the, with the young child and working and, it's it's a full day, I'm sure, and night for you. <laughs> yes, and then we've got a puppy because we thought that would be a good addition. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Yeah, well, you're a baby, but they they love growing up with puppies or kittens, and yeah, they'll love it. I bet. Totally, it's been so much fun. Um, are yeah. you married now, or do you have kids? Um, no, I never, I never did have uh, have children. Um, and I I had divorced there in Hawaii, and um, I guess I always thought that some, you know, you know, I was going to remarry and do that, but. It it didn't uh, it didn't happen and and light life passed by so I I always say I must have had lots of children in my previous lifetime <laughs> on Earth so so I I guess I'll have to wait for the next one to do that one. Yep, that's fair. And what about close friends? What do they like? Because I just think from the outside, if you're not a runner, this going to the treadmill for 24 hours must look totally insane. Um, do, what do people say or think? about what you're doing around you oh oh yeah lots of people just thought like what is this right like they just thought yeah <laughs> well and then my my workouts I was kind of always a sec- more seclusion than anything because um yeah, because of some of these long distance running I know there's groups and that but you have to really make you know to fit fit, fit it all into your schedule um, and then I, I just loved running in the States more, more than here in, in Alberta. Sorry. No, <laughs> but it always seems... <laughs> that is yeah. totally fair. If you've been yeah. to Alberta, you know what she's talking about. Yeah. So it always seemed to work out that way that I was going to the States for the races. And, um, and then my work, I, I, you know, I was usually working, you know, you're working by yourself a lot in accounting and administration. Uh, or at least some of the positions that I had. And then when I went to the gym, I was on the treadmill by myself. So, you know, um, but although, although everybody in the gym usually usually knew, knew me or what I was, you know, what I was doing. So, yeah, they, they thought it was all pretty crazy. Up until this last time when I did accomplish um, this bad water race, I I, I don't think they thought that I was able to, well, I, I wasn't even sure if I was able to do something like this, right? Like I thought I would just go to bad one and fit in for a finish, right? But I, I had gone down there and did the training. And um, the more I trained, the more I gave myself more time uh, to put into the running and, and that it just produced such bigger results. So I, I was gaining some confidence leading up to this race. So Yeah, so that's my next kind of question is Yeah. Um were you like what were your expectations going into the race? Well, um, you know, sometimes when, when you're you're out running and training, you get into those endorphins and you think, oh, you know, you're just invis- invisible and you know, you can do all things. <laughs> But but I, I know from past experience, even in a marathon, how grueling some of those last miles can be. And you just like, oh, am I going to make it? Because yeah. on the, sh- the shorter distances, you're running so much faster. You're running usually like two minutes per mile faster. So, um, you know, so to maintain that through the, what you know, approximately four-hour marathon or, or, or whatever, it's, uh, it, it's, so it's all relevant. And um, 
So I did have some, some big ideas at the beginning when I was training for Badwater. And then towards the end, I thought, uh, you know, by the time you add in, um, you're always going to have some, some downtime, like stopping for, you know, to eat a little bit or going to the, to the bathroom, especially out in the desert that can take, take a while. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> cause there's so you, yeah. Cause you have to, you know, that you have to purchase these, um, uh, bathroom bags, um, or else you have to dig, dig a hole out in the desert. Um, so it, t- it all takes time. <laughs> but uh, so when I was adding all that up and just looking at some of the results of other women my age, and I thought, uh, you know, who knows, I might have to sit down for take half hour break, or you might, you know, people get dizzy, you get sick. Yeah, the, the heat. heat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but my training had done pretty good, and I and the other thing was I had done all back to back training. I did not, um, I had I had originally planned to do one or two hundred milers leading up to it, but my last long hundred miler had been in January, um, in the desert. But uh, so I, that was, I was concerned about that. So I had done back to back, so I had done like lots of. 50 miler back to back, but my longest one time run was maybe 60 miles, 60 miles. So I was a little concerned about that. And when I, when I did do bad water after the hundred miler, I did have, um, I, I, I was starting to have a bit of mental, more mental problems, I think, than, uh, than physical. Although I, I was starting to feel a little more exhausted <laughs> yeah know. that's kind of what I wanted to ask you like we talk yeah. a lot about imposter syndrome and feeling like when you get to the race that um you know you look around and you're like oh my god and especially for you thinking you know I'm the only one that's not you know 30 or something how do you <laughs> deal with that mental side of being like am I supposed to be here as much as the next person? And not just because of your age, like we all feel that. It's a common question for all of us, right? You look at somebody next to you and think everybody looks fitter. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, well, again, you know, I just didn't know what to expect because some of the 100 milers I was on too, as much as everybody says, don't go out too fast. (laughs) But, you know, the endorphins get going. So usually the first, 40 miles, I, I tend to go a little speedier. Um, I just can't stop it, you know. And yes. then and then later at mile 70 or mile 80, it's like, oh, you know, I may have to walk now. And when, when you stop and walk in these ultras, that's okay. But it sure beats up your time, you know. So if I, I, I thought if I have to stop and walk in this one, you know, then that, there goes the time. You know, then you're looking at probably 36 hours on something like this, so um, or or more or later, right? So yeah. So then, I actually yeah. saw or heard another. Sorry to interrupt you. I just yeah. I I was yeah. following. I've actually interviewed a couple of the people that ran Badwater, and they both said that it was you kind of came out of nowhere, closer to the end. So you really did just pace well and and catch people, didn't you? Um, yes. Yeah. Like I was, I was kind of surprised on that too, that how many people were walking, even in the first, that first, uh, up to stovepipe wells, the first 42 miles, um, people were walking and people were doing 
carrying like bags of ice in their their shorts and their shirt and getting you know dumped on with with cold water at you know and that was evening like we start I I, I guess um, like you were mentioning at the beginning of the race when you're kind of nervous and oh gosh can I do this um, well this one even more so because um, it was so dramatic because it's evening, like you're starting the race at 9.30. There's three different heats. Uh, there was a group that went out at 8 p.m. and I was at the 9.30 slot. And then the more elite runners start at 11 p.m. So when I was out in the field running this, you never really know you know, who's, who's in the 11, or I mean, some of the people you, you know who they are, but, um, you just never really know, like, okay, they got 90 minutes, you know, extra time here if they're passing me, right? So, so they're, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, but this one was very dramatic at the beginning. It had actually rained uh, and had lightning in the, de the Death Valley the night before. And because it was a mon, they call it a monsoon uh, year there. So even though there was there was like temperatures of 128 or something the week before the race, um, then this monsoon that uh, came in, so there was humidity, and a lot of the desert uh, where I had trained was actually very dry. It was, I had trained in 114 temperatures uh, leading up to the race in dry uh, conditions, and at that temperature for me. My, I wear contact lenses, my eyes were burning, my contact, and even right, yeah, and I, after I, it was so dry, after I drank uh, fluids, my throat was still parched, like it was a dry, and my, my nostrils were so dry, it was, it, it, it hampered your breathing, and that's what they say, you have to, you know, I mean, to overcome that type of dry heat, You'd have to do spend a whole year training, I would think. Um, it's it's tough, <laughs> but uh, this year it was a humid, uh, humid heat in, in the desert. I found that easier personally. But the night of the race, there was also wind. There was high wind, so when you drove down to the start line, it was becoming dark, and it, you're driving down into um, well into 300 feet below sea level so in this kind of uh, vast valley and you can just see this windstorm so it was very traumatic um, and now there there was some very fast runners um, that were in the field um, and uh, female runners and some went there to do sub 30 hours and to and probably could have under maybe different conditions but they actually found it very difficult with the wind um, and the sand, and that and that had caused them to a lot of people got sick because of that. So, um, but with my training and, and running in Calgary, it was always windy. <laughs> so I, I don't know somehow it was like I had done that before, and I just ran through it. So. So what do you think was your biggest low of the race? And were there any points where you were like, I'm not going to be able to continue? Well, yeah, this was, um, you know, it's very interesting and something. Yeah, so it was, uh, uh, so at, at that time, um, you know, 
yeah, my mantle and, and it was getting, um, so we had to, you know, don our uh, headlamps. It was starting to get dark again. So now we're into the 20, getting closer to 24 hours. Um, and my, you know, I could have planned my food better. Up until that point, I was actually able to just do protein drinks, protein bars, um, and fluids, juices. Um, but I think I needed something more at that time. And I, you know, I probably should have packed some soups or something more. But, but a lot of times, too, you don't want to be eating too much because then people get sick after being out there all day in the heat. So, um, but, uh, but it, I, I realized looking back now that it was more of a mental, yeah. it was more mental. And um, so, and yeah, every mile, and then I just kept thinking, well, just to run two miles was like, oh, you know. <laughs> totally. So yeah, I was kind of getting a little, I was just getting a little tired and cranky. And then sometimes too, <laughs> yeah, it, the, you know, sometimes too, like I would do Advil, you know, if you're muscle and you're starting to feel your legs and muscles, but uh, I think my stomach, I, I couldn't really do Advil and I couldn't really do much caffeine or coffee at that point or, you know, those things are kind of tricky on your stomach at that point because you're, you're, you are more empty. Yeah. Um, so, but as we got closer to Lone Pine, I went through that and then, um, like I was still able to run. I didn't, uh, I didn't stop and walk. Um, maybe just a little bit. I ate a bag of potato chips or something. I might have stopped and walked for two minutes or something. But um, as we got closer to Lone Pine, then from Lone Pine, you only got the 13 miles, although it's all uphill. And then when we started going up, up the uphill, I actually felt like, well, I did. I started running instead of well, most people just walk it. But, and I, I believe I had energy, but um, my friends that were on the crew, they just, they, they said, oh, you better walk, you better walk. <laughs> and so, um, and then one of my crew got out, got out and paced me that la the last part going up. So we just walked it. And I, I felt kind of like, and I wasn't paying attention to the time and I didn't realize, well, how much farther is it, you know, like we didn't have our uh, Strava apps on or nothing. So I was kind of feeling like, you know, uh, that I wasn't going to do that good of a time. So I was kind of feeling a little bit like, oh, you know, it's over. I'm just walking this in. And <laughs> then next thing you know, we were almost there. And, you know, it was, it was still, I just got in. It was like a little bit after seven. So I was still a sub 34. Oh, so my was, God. And then and so my you had no idea. Do You didn't know you were in second then, obviously. No, I didn't. Um, I think when I was out there during parts of the course, like Panamint Springs, but that's 72, and Father Crawley, which was like mile 80, and then uh, Darwin uh, is mile 90, there were some of the uh, the media from the race and some of the, the race staff that follow, and they were taking lots of pictures of me, and I, I could tell from them that I was at a pretty good time. But, uh, but at once it got dark again, and we were at the 22 mile stretch coming into Lone Pine. There, then there was more vehicles passing, so I had no idea. I actually thought a lot of women had passed me on that part, wow. but on that section, but I had no idea till, till I actually arrived. But once I realized we were almost there, because you can't really tell when you get closer to the finish, unless you know the course. 
because you, it's all windy switchbacks going up the hill. And it, when you look up, it goes on forever because you don't know where the road ends, the portal road ends, because uh, the, the mountain still goes up higher because you can hike past the finish line. Um, so, and then once, and you can't hear anything, like, like at a, normally at a race, you will hear everybody cheering, but you actually have to be quiet at the finish line at this race that's part of the permit because there's campers and hikers staying up there. And it's, you know, you're in the middle of the night, this race is, people are finishing and they, they don't want to hear all that noise. So, right. Um, yeah, so, so you don't know, but uh, once I did see the, uh, the finish mark there, like I, my whole energy changed. I probably could have ran another 20 or 30 miles. <laughs> Like I had lots of energy at the end. That's so crazy. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I wonder too if like the ignorance is kind of bliss in that situation because then you do pace properly when otherwise like who knows what can happen in the end. So it's hard to want to go back and do it again, but you might have also just done everything right too. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Because if I would have tried to run the hill, like I had done a lot of hill running in my training. So, and I ran all the time. I never, I didn't really train too much power walking. So for me, I kind of feel like I could have done it, but probably my crew was correct. That, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you could really wipe out here and then, then what? Then you can't even walk, you know, when totally. you get real. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Um, well, we're almost running out of time, but um, I want to know if you have any words of, of wisdom or inspirational quotes for people when they're in like a really hard part of the race, how, what you said to yourself or how you got yourself through it. Well, um, and you know, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm taking inspirational thoughts from, from other runners. Um, but I, um, I know uh, uh, I had listened to some David Goggins um, um, videos prior and, you know, he just says all that, all those hours and days of training leading up to the race, if you stop now, you know, you're giving that all up, <laughs> right? So, yes, so I totally. yeah, so I think that that one's a good one. Um, and what I, what I plan on doing for if I do this race again, or another long uh, ultra past the 100 miler, is I'm going to pre pre think that I'm going to pre meditate and uh, pre plan what what do I do on those like I'm going to have a, a some good thoughts and uh, plan plans of action on different foods or or, or really study it through um, and I think that'll help and and I believe too sometimes it's just the the experience. Um, like after you do the first marathon, you have to do the first or two couple marathons before you know how to do that. <laughs> and uh, same, I believe, with these ultra distances, you, ha you have to do one or two that are, uh, you know, past the 100 miler to know, know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think you're right. There's so much you just learn out of experience and knowing that, like, even when you feel like absolute crap, you will feel better. I think that's the one message that like, I always have to remind myself, I know that I will eventually want to run up a hill again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and how much if the, if the mind is thinking, right, you know, it really changes it. Because like I said, I, 
I, I had energy at the end. I, you know, I, I did. Like I could have, could have kept going. So, <laughs> so if, if I would have just thought differently in those last 20 miles, uh, you know, I probably could have maybe went a little faster. But anyways, I did finish it, so it all worked out. <laughs> Well, again, huge congratulations. And I just think this is so cool. And I'm so excited to see what you do in the future. What is the next goal for you? Well, the, the next big goal is, um, well, I'm actually signed up for Lost Souls Ultra. So I did that way, way back, um, like 11 or 12 years ago. And uh, so things have changed since then. So, I'm, so that'll be a little exciting. That's coming up here in a few weeks, uh, September 7th. Uh, 9th I believe and then um, in October October 2nd I'm going back out to Cape Fear um, out east coast um, where there's a bad water 51 uh, miler and a lot of that is run on the beach so I really like that run I've got I did it in 2019 um, the weekend after Cape Fear which will be October 7th to the 9th I'm uh, going to New Jersey and doing a 48 hour um, on a one mile track. Um, so <laughs> so that, that'll be new, that'll be a new thing for me because it'll be 48 hours. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited, yeah, that's a bit of a twist for you, but I think you'll do, you'll do super well. So thanks again for taking the time early in the morning to chat. And um, my child has just woken up, so this is great. Great timing to finish. So thanks so much, Norma. I'm um, I'm just amazed. You're a huge inspiration. So keep doing what you're doing, and I will uh, I'll let you know when this comes out if you want to share it with your your crew and your friends, and maybe you can give it to the gym where you spent all your time on the treadmill, so they know more about what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much for taking an interest, and in, and I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this. Uh, you really you have a lot of motivation. I can tell too, lots of energy. <laughs> and so have have a, have a happy day <laughs> well, there you. with Only the child. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Bye, Norma. Okay. Thanks, Hillary.